Hi. Welcome. Hi. Welcome to yet another episode of A Story for Your Query. We have here with us Dr. Preeti Sachdev. Thank you, ma'am, for agreeing to join our podcast. Sure. Let me just tell the audience a little bit about yourself. There is a long list, but I'll try and keep it as short as I possibly can so that we can talk a little more. I have had the privilege of knowing Dr. Sachdev since 1986. She's been a popular teacher of the Beard College and an academician par excellence. I don't know if you remember Dr. Sachdev, you were a principal of a reputed school in North Mumbai and I had applied for a job in that school. I was doing my PhD at that time and you very clearly told me you will do your phd on your time and not on my time that was the professionalism which you practiced i i wanted to tell everybody about that now armed with a graduation in um, biophysics you started your career in 1973 without a training and there has been no looking back since then you did your ba you did your med and you did your phd from bombay university and you continued in the teaching fraternity um you've also been an honorary secretary of the world education fellowship indian section since 2004 and currently you're nominated chair of idac international development of asia committee which is a subsidiary of international literacy association that's right all this yeah Yeah, this is this is a long list of achievements, Doctor Sachdev. Thank and you. It's a long life as well. <laughs> and welcome you once again to the podcast. Thank you. So, without really beating around the bush, let me get to the brass tacks first. Mm-hmm. What made you get into the teaching profession instead of being an engineer or a doctor? Ah, uh, I I would say it's only because I love children and. Um, Uh, I was actually uh, in the process of doing my uh, PhD in biophysics when I suddenly realized that I, you know, I don't want to be just uh, sort of um, handling uh, laboratory materials. I would rather be working with children. So I left that. It took me a year after that to actually find something good, and uh, I discovered that I, uh, you know, I just love teaching. So that's where I am. So this was serendipity which brought you here. Absolutely. <laughs> so tell me, doctor, you've been in the teacher training for some time, mm-hmm. and um, the quality of teachers who used to come into the teaching profession a few years ago, and the quality of teachers who come into the teaching profession today—is there a difference? There is a difference. Um, professionally, they still have the same qualifications. They still have. Uh, uh they don't take untrained teachers anymore now and i was lucky to start off untrained but um uh the uh much of it is because of the uh the economic angle i mean you know teachers are the lowest paid amongst those who have the same qualifications so uh it doesn't attract a very big crowd and even if they do come uh, for the love of teaching they stay there for some time and they find that there's so much work 
uh, that uh, a lot of them just drop out of teaching after a few years and that's why the you know the quality of teachers in schools is not not the same at all and uh, even in training we uh, we used to get teachers who were um, you know they uh, sort of lived their lives had their children and now they had time and they came into teaching uh, that also doesn't happen anymore so much you know so we don't have that much commitment among the teachers uh, it's a real pity having said that i would say we have some great teachers both under training right now and also uh, in the schools right now but i suppose the number is small i do remember reading one research which said even in the uk they did a research and they found out the parents don't encourage their children to join the teaching community part of it is the, just the uh, the economic angle that's one of it but uh, the second part of course is that there are for the same amount of effort in study and education there are so many more avenues available now you know i i remember when i was uh, in college i mean you could be a doctor or you could be an engineer or uh, at worst a lawyer you know i mean that was like bottom of the rung and uh, or uh, nobody else was considered to be properly educated we were and teachers were nowhere even you know in the list so uh, that's uh, of course i would say 60 years ago maybe 50 years ago but things have changed now uh, salaries um, i was just looking at the re recent salaries what i drew when i retired uh, is what uh, more than that the you know the uh, lowest staff in a school is getting today that's true that's true that brings to mind one uh, hilarious episode um, a, a friend of mine and i we used to take a bus in the morning i'm talking about 1986 mm -hmm. and um, we used to travel up to andheri and from andheri station we used to take an auto to go to our school and in the bus invariably we teachers would talk and the bus conductor happened to hear us and he came up to us and told us oh, if you don't mind i think you're all people who are educated and you are teachers how much do you draw i don't want to tell the amount on social media so we told him an x number he turned around and said bus that all i get more than you <laughs> that is true i remember having a uh had a viva voz with a, a student from the SNDT university and it was difficult fixing the date for her because she was an air hostess uh, now and uh, she had done a course in msc communications or something and uh, i was the examiner and eventually uh, i uh, we did get a date and uh, in the conversation it came out she was i was the principal of a school and she was drawing like one and a half times my salary with <laughs> the graduate qualification so you know like you suddenly feel like is it worth it but you know uh, pramila if you love children you overcome all this and uh, for me uh, i moved from school education i taught for several years in schools uh, i would say about seven years or so approximately and then i moved on to teacher training uh the reason being mainly this that i felt that uh, if you can have good teachers you know there is so much multiplier effect 
you can reach out not only to your class of 40 or 50, but you can reach out to 500 people at the same time if you have 10 good teachers that you have brought out of uh, teacher training. And I would say that was the ratio we used to expect that from a, stu from a student group of 100 students, we had about, I would say, 10% who were really good. And I'm, you know, I'm happy that that was so, you know. Sorry, I have to put this off here. So, um, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, those teachers, those 10%, they were really good. And they are somewhere in the schools today, and I'm sure they're doing their job very, very well. Sure. Uh, that is why the saying, perhaps, teacher touches eternity. Yes, yes. The teacher doesn't know where, how far its effect is going. I mean, I realized that a lot when um, I had, uh, you know, when I was a principal, I had uh, students I had taught 20, 30 years before that coming to me. Miss, please take my child. Please take my child. I want them to be there with you. <laughs> it's a pleasure to teach the second generation also. Yes, say. I've had third generations I've taught, so I'm yeah. just blessed. It's a pleasure. So that, that explains the economic reason is the reason why the army family continues to, army parents continue to get their children in, inducted into the army. Doctors want their children to be doctors. Engineers want their children to be engineers. But teachers don't want their ch children to be teachers. What a pity. What a pity, but. It's a pity. But at the same time, some of us who got into this line, we have continued to be in this line. We wanted to be here, but we are not breadwinners. No, that is true. That is true. So that I mean, is we are here because we don't have to really support the family. Absolutely. So this is one thing I think but that seems to be coming around, don't you think? Now the salaries are better. Things are much, much better today. I mean, like what the salaries people draw, even when they at entry point are, you know, it's, it, I would say they are three times what I drew, you know, um, in the middle of my career. So, <laughs> but that's a good thing because, you know, if the salaries improve, you know, Ramila, I think the teachers, they are so important. The teachers are going to make the future uh, doctors, the future engineers, they're all going through your hands. And if if you will be respected, you will do your best and you'll get the best teacher, uh, best uh, uh, people to, uh, you know, in, the, in your country. They just have to be taken care of, the teachers. So, I think the current uh, government is, uh, has a more positive look in these areas. I'm not sure how much the salaries are going to increase, but definitely the respect for teachers is much more. You're referring to the NEP 2020? Yes, yes. Yeah, that's one thing where I think a professional status may be given to the teaching community. Yeah, I hope it is, because that's really important. Yeah. We need to hold our head high. How else can we teach? Exactly. <laughs> You know, and if we hold our head high, we love our profession, we're going to help the children love their learning. And that's going to make better citizens, better students, better uh, professionals, uh, better people to, uh, you know, the people, the country. That's true. And no matter what profession it is, you need teachers. You Doctors need, teachers. need teachers. Engineers need teachers. Everybody needs Everybody needs teachers. Anyway, now that we started talking about NEP, just a little uh, look yeah. into that. Our, so far, our academic instructional module has been chalk and the talk, 
Yeah. And focus on rote learning. Yeah. Long retention, quick recall, speed in writing. So these are the things that were prevalent. With the NEP coming in, a few things are bound to change, hopefully. Now, the teachers who are currently there, you think they will be able to handle this? Well, uh, first, uh, I would say the first change that is required is a change in attitude, a change in mindset. If the teachers believe that they are there, there to teach physics or chemistry, it's not going to work. But if they start to believe that they're teaching children, it's going to make a world of difference. I think um, the uh, NEP also emphasizes that a lot now. It's uh, looking at the affective side, the you know the feeling side of teaching, and um, uh, if that can be put into uh, the thing is, you know, if if a principal believes in it, the teachers have to believe in it, and it works. But uh, if the teacher uh, herself or himself thinks, okay, I've, you know, when I've uh, transmitted physics and chemistry and biology and history and geography, uh, my job is done, then that's what the teachers are going to do. But we need more than that. We need more than that. Most of all, a change in mindset, a change in attitude, a change in belief of what you are doing, what you're, you know, what you're aiming at. That is what is required, I think. And... Uh, some who find it difficult may drop out, but then there's others who'll come in. It's a, it's a, it's a you know the wheel just goes on turning. That's true. But the training of these teachers isn't it going to be a humongous task? It is. I agree. I mean the uh, the uh, training colleges they shouldn't even be called training colleges. The education colleges they are they really have their task cut out for them. It's a lot. See, the, the students they get have already come with attitudes, with beliefs, with values. In the uh, two years, now it's two years beard that they are with uh, the college. It's not enough time to, you know, to sort of change the mindset and the values of the people. All they can really do is teach them uh, more subject, if you like, and pedagogical skills. They're not going to be able to do very much about the attitudes and beliefs. And it's very easy for a student to uh, um, put on a facade, a sort of a fake right attitude. And the minute they are out of the training college, go back to their old attitudes. This happens all the time. That's true. And uh, teachers in schools, uh, unfortunately, um, schools, because of the uh, heavy curricula and the uh, heavy load of work, it's easiest to just dwell on the subjects rather than on uh, anything else there. So they end up just teaching, you know, just the subject, not developing the personality or the, you know, the belief system of their students. Just filters down to the students in the end. Yeah, I, I remember the so-called project method, project-based learning, has today become a kind of a, just a group activity. Not only that, you'll be surprised at how much commercialization is there. We have near my house, there's a, there's a person who advertises outside the project work done for you. Oh, oh really? So, <laughs> for all ICSC and IB schools, he, has, he specializes in that. So then how is it project-based learning in school if somebody else is 
<laughs> but oh this is God. this is how it works in the system and this is this is the real pity it's much better to do something uh, not so enormous not so big something small but something which the children have done themselves so get them to do it in the class exactly exactly but why is it that there's not enough time i mean i i just this is my personal feeling it doesn't matter if instead of teaching 10 theories in a subject you teach only 6 but make them do it really themselves well and in the class and it doesn't in the end it doesn't matter whether those four which are left out go to the next year what does it matter yeah that's true i i also tell my teachers the same thing teacher has taught student has not learned is not acceptable no that it's not taught <laughs> if you are teaching and the student has not learned you have only spoken you have only talked you have not taught <laughs> that's true so that's not acceptable so you have to if you have to get them interested find out different techniques use yeah. it and when you have a different technique the child will be drawn towards it and not only that the thing is that the class is full of individuals the students are all different from each other you don't have to have only one method you have to be see that's what we expecting from teachers that at the same time they should be able to access various strategies various skills because there are a variety of students in front of them and each one needs a different way of learning each one learns in his own special way and unless and unless and until you have uh, you know in your pocket a repertoire of a variety of skills which you can take out and use at any point it, it's not going to work if you have taught the average child you haven't taught the class you can't just aim your strategy at the average child. there's no really average child in any class it's only a statistical uh, sort of figure so uh, teachers need to be much more skilled we need so much more from the teachers and that's why the work of the bed colleges is is humongous is the right word no the bed colleges the faculty of the bed college they also need to have some orientation to the school teaching isn't it they need to work closely with schools i was just thinking yesterday you know instead of having uh, uh, the nap is proposing that uh, the four year bed you know about that and uh, they want the uh, bed the education part the pedagogy part to be incorporated with the learning of the subject matter so they have to be affiliated to normal uh, uh, you know graduation colleges but uh, instead of that if they had insisted that every uh, training college or bed college should have with it six or eight experimental schools and have the teachers actually go out into the schools and be there and become part of the staff i mean how much more learning there will be for the they'll see the reality you know what what actually happens in schools and the in the degree college i don't know if they would be able to impart the kind of skills that we require no and the, the kind of attitude that students have in the in the degree colleges is not what we need in a training college <laughs> you need i mean i, I don't think as anybody who's done uh, training at least uh, from the experience that i have uh, has you know the amount of work you do in that one year or two years of training is is much much more than what you do in your three years of graduation i mean it's like a 
24 hours, you're only thinking about what you've got to do the next day, what presentation you've got to make, what aids you've got to prepare, how are you going to do it? Is the lesson going to work out like this? How are you going to evaluate? So much to take care of. I mean, that year, that year of the training is, is really uh, I mean, something. Rigorous. Rigorous beyond words. I've, I've had students who cried because there was too much. I have done it during my beard too. <laughs> <laughs> I remember going down to the car of one student and she was sitting in her car and crying away because she couldn't deal with so much work and uh, pacifying her and uh, telling her, no, no, don't worry, just come back. Holding her hand and bringing her back into the college and, you know, saying, it's all right, it'll get over, tomorrow will be another day. <laughs> So we are sharing our secrets on yeah. social media now. Anyway, coming back to uh, the teacher training, what do you think the parents are expecting from the teachers in the current scenario, the COVID scenario? Yeah, this is, uh, see, parents want a teacher to do a lot more with them. I mean, I've got grandchildren who study uh, online today. And uh, although they are studying online and the teachers are really good, we are lucky to have very good teachers teaching them. But the kind of handholding that uh, uh, that teachers can do in the physical environment cannot be done online. So they need to really learn how to do online teaching so that children will learn. They need a lot more work. It's not just presentation, even if they give them homework. You know, children especially young children, I would say in elementary school up to the fifth, sixth standard, they need a lot more personal supervision by the teacher. And the parents expect that from the teachers uh, because not all of them are able to deal with it themselves. True. True. The socio-emotional learning has really taken a beating because of this online. Yeah, training. I totally agree. I mean, the children uh, see school apart from learning the uh, you know reading and writing and whatever uh, they need uh, this uh, to learn the social skills how to interact with other people develop their own personalities in the middle of other people that cannot happen like this it's not happening sure. they are only interacting with the screen i mean it's just not enough and i think they are also starved of company so they, they are also getting alienated to some extent. Yeah. I mean, uh, they are dying to play with other children, just run down and play football in the compound, whatever, you know, things like that. They are, children are just so tired of being in their own houses. True. So, is there any advice that you would like to give to the teachers and to the parents and to the children? <laughs> to the teachers, I would only say this, please kill yourself more, make Make your lessons on the uh, the online teaching such that you can uh, integrate the students into the learning. That's so important. Mm -hmm. It's not enough to just say your bit and be done. It's just not enough. A lot of teachers are doing that. A lot of teachers have moved on and you know developed good strategies, but um, there's more required. For the parents, understand COVID, be with your child when the lesson is going on. Because not only you will ensure that he's paying attention and he's listening to what is being said, that he's actually doing the work himself. True. It needs that kind of supervision. True. And to the children, don't worry. 
the time will be over soon. You'll be back with your friends. This too shall pass. Yes, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. Now, technology has definitely made a inroad into the teaching. Uh, how would you think podcast as a tool for teaching? Now Why not? Doing a podcast. Why not? <laughs> podcast too. I myself have learned such a lot, you know, when I go for my walk in the morning, I put on uh, one or the other podcast. So I'm learning about, uh, you know, uh, books that I haven't read before. I'm learning about uh, opinions that people have, uh, suggestions that people make so much through podcasts. It's, it's, it just works very well. But I think you need to be a little bit mature, older, to be able to benefit from it. Because you have to go to it. The podcast yes. is not going to come to you. Correct. You have to go to the podcast. You have to decide, I want to know more about this. And then that's how you... Very right. Very right. When I initially thought of the podcast, I was thinking of my target audience as the students. Yeah. And um, we started with that so that it could be a kind of a supplement or it can complement the life skills. Later on, I realized... My target audience has moved from the students to the parents. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's no, but uh, but uh, through the parents, it will reach the students as well, I'm sure. I, I should think so. I yeah, should yeah. think so. So that brings us to the end of the podcast, Dr. Sajdev. It's been a pleasure having you here. And I do hope the audience will pay attention to what you've been saying repeatedly. Look at the children. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Kudwa, for having me. But I think that's the most important thing, the children, because they are the future of our country. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And if you have to err at all, err on the side of the child. Absolutely. Great, totally. <laughs> Thank you very much once again.